The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, riding solo on this wonderful Monday card that we have. It's November 8th. We have eight games to talk about on this main slate. Uh, perfect, perfect little amount of games, I like to say. You know, I mean, I'm writing that seven, uh, seven to eight. Six to eight is actually probably my wheelhouse. Something I really enjoy to do these is these slates right here. So really looking forward to it. We've got a lot of injury news. We've got a lot of replacement players, some good value on this slate to talk about. And obviously, with eight games, some high-priced studs that we're going to have to sort through. So we're going to jump right into things. But before I do... Quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, head over to manscaped.com. Check them out. If you haven't, the number one website, the number one product line for male grooming needs that you can think of and try. I would highly, highly advise trying them. If you've never tried them, if you've been thinking about trying them, you've probably heard us talk about them plenty of times. Head over there. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20. You get 20% off plus free shipping on your entire purchase. Whether you want to get the lawnmower, the ear, nose, hair trimmer, they got the ball conditioner, the aftertoner. They got a little bit of everything. You name it, they got it. Everything you need to get your grooming needs settled down under. So, guys, check them out. It's manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20. All right. Like I said, we're going to dive right into everything. We got eight games to talk about. I'm handling this one solo for the night. We're going to start it off. New York Knicks traveling to Philadelphia. Take on the Sixers. we got the Knicks on the second end of a back-to-back, so we're not going to have their injury report handy. But we do have the Sixers. Danny Green is questionable. Sounded like he was close to playing in that last game, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But outside of him, it's Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons, Grant Riller, Isaiah Joe. All ruled out. Game's coming in at a nice little 210 game total. Philly being favored by 4.5 in this one. Mostly probably because of the you know the home field or home court and Knicks being on the back to back. Otherwise, I feel like they they'd probably be favored with all those injuries. But nonetheless, we'll jump right into things with the Knicks. Start off with the away team. Second end of a back to back. We had Kemba Walker sit out Sunday's game, mostly just due to the resting. It's it being that back to back should be available in this one though. Coming in at fifty five hundred for Kemba. Played down minutes against that last game against Milwaukee. Just struggled mightily. Uh, and he's been struggling from the field over the past few games. So 5,500 is not a bad price tag. I'm not scared off this matchup whatsoever. Don't mind taking a look at Kemba, stab at Kemba. When he's hot and he's playing the minutes, knowing that he did rest on that front end, I would expect him to play that high 20s, low 30s minutes. Keep an eye on Derrick Rose, that veteran status. Maybe they decide to let him sit out this game. Uh, if he doesn't sit, I expect him to be slightly limited. He started for Kemba in place of that. But no problem looking at Kemba. Fournier coming in at 52. It's a fair price tag. Just don't really trust him in anything outside of my GPPs. You can play him in cash. I'm not saying he's not a cash play, but you just haven't really seen that overall upside from him necessarily. It was the first game of the season, or not even the first. Uh, I guess Boston put up 56.5, but outside of that, the highest game total or the highest game score that we got from him was 30. So at 5,200, there's some room. There's some upside. It's definitely in there. But you really need him to knock down the shots. And I prefer to kind of target him in games like today 
where we saw Kemba sit, and he's going to get a little bit more usage. Not paying 6600 for R.J. Barrett. If he beats me, he beats me. He's one of those guys. I just take it off the chin. And then Julius Randle coming in at 97. Should be a fairly good matchup for Randle. You know, they've been going with a couple different guys, whether it's uh, Paul Reed, who drew the start. Uh, it could be Ferkdon Korkmaz if Danny Green is back. I imagine that they'll probably go with Reed just for the size. But I don't mind looking at Randall at 9700 The only issue you run into is the price because we have several, several guys priced in that range and higher. So he's not one of my premier plays or one of the guys I'm really gravitating towards just yet. Just saying it would not shock me if it's a big game in this matchup, knowing that they don't have anybody with, the, I guess, the size and the speed combination to kind of match up with them. So I'm not going to completely, uh, completely cross him off just yet. And if we do see that one of those bigs are rolled out, wouldn't shock me if quickly gets a few extra minutes or Burks gets a few extra minutes. We saw that in today's game. Just keep an eye on Derrick Rose's status. Outside of the main pieces, one guy that I've been targeting has been Nerlens Noel. Uh, minutes are creeping back up. We saw him play 30 against Cleveland in today's game, as I'm recording this the night before. Didn't do a whole lot with it. Still returned 23.5 DK points, 28.75 the game prior. At 3,900, I think he makes for a rock-solid value play. Mitchell Robinson could find himself in foul trouble pretty quickly going against a guy like Joel Embiid, and that would only be a bigger boost for Noel. Never expecting high-scoring totals for Noel, but the rebounds, the defensive stats, he chips in. And at 3,900, you don't need a whole lot. If we can get 25 from him, we'll take that. Pretty solid value play for us. On to the other side of the ball. Looking at this Philadelphia 76ers teams, uh, it, it's just been a mess. Uh, trying to target you know, these guys. I've been playing two, sometimes even three of these guys on a nightly basis with all these injuries. But now their price tags are starting to slowly get elevated to the point where you can't get three. You can still play two. Joel Embiid coming off of an absolutely monstrous game. Uh, put up almost 60 DK points against Chicago. I didn't have any ownership in them. I've been pretty much avoiding them for the most part this season. I've been just going with the ancillary value plays. 9,800, the Knicks, slow pace. Under 10K, I'm going to keep in my player pool. I'm going to consider him. Now, who do I like more between him and Randall? I'd probably opt with Embiid just because we get a little bit more of that safer floor. And I think the, uh, the ceiling is also a little higher for Embiid. 9,800, we could definitely see a 50 to 60 point game out of him any given night. It's just tough. He's not one of my favorite plays. Like I said, I, I haven't been playing much just due to that knee injury and the soreness that he's been dealing with. We could see some of those off games come. But, you know, we saw it against Chicago. He still has it in his repertoire. He's putting up those monster games as well. Outside of the main, you know, heavy hitter in Embiid, looking at some of these other guys, with all these injuries, Ty Bruce Maxey doesn't have a, all that high usage, but he's been playing minutes. He's only averaging 0.82 DK points per minute. If anything, I'd probably rather opt to play Shake Milton if he draws that start at point guard like he has been. Averaging the same amount of point uh, DK points per minute at 0.82, but the usage is higher. We're seeing him handle the ball a little bit more. Probably has a little bit more of an opportunity to get you a couple more rebounds and steals as well. So I prefer him just slightly more. But don't want to forget about Paul Reed. If he ends up drawing that start again, I think he makes for a fantastic value play at 3,300. Not going to play a whole lot of minutes just because we've seen them go small. Uh, with Cork Maz. We've seen them try to do things like that. I don't know if they'll be able to get away with that against this Knicks team, knowing that they got two centers that they like to play, knowing that Julius Randle's probably going to play 35-plus minutes. They were going against the Bulls, and he only played 22. Bulls tend to go pretty small with either DeRozan at the four and slide out a few other guys that they've managed with. So I'd expect it if he does draw the start to see closer, maybe 24 to 26 minutes. So I think he makes for an intri uh, intriguing value play at 3,300. Outside of Milton and Reed, Seth Curry coming in at 58. I'll probably opt to go elsewhere, but 
all these guys are in my player pool right now. They're all in play. Seth Curry is going to continue to have a pretty high usage, continue to take these shot attempts. It's just he doesn't really provide much outside of his shot and his points. He's very Tim Hardaway-esque. So he's not a guy I get overly excited about playing. And then Cork Moss is coming off of an insane game where he shot 7-9 from deep. I'm not necessarily chasing that game. I'll keep him in my player pool. But keep an eye on that. He's just shot an absurd percentage that's unsustainable. So I'll probably I probably won't be chasing that. And if we do see that there is absolutely, you know, if, if all these guys, which we know most of them are out, and if also Danny Green's ruled out, Yang stays in play. Uh, he continued to play that 25 to 30-minute role that he's been playing. Price is still fairly comparable at 4,600, where we consider him. I just think Reed at the price difference would probably be the better value play. All right, moving on to the next game, 8 p.m., Eastern standard, standard Time game. Brooklyn Nets traveling to Chicago. Brooklyn on the second end of a back-to-back. Chicago, we got the injury report, though. Kobe, uh, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, both still rolled out. Devin Dotson in the G League with Marco. Zach Levine will be available. As far as a game total and a spread, we got a 215 game total. Chicago being favored by one and a half in this one. Starting off with Brooklyn, James Harden came out and poured it on in the fourth quarter. Ended up putting up a nice game, 54 and a half DK points. Didn't really do much up until that fourth quarter where he scored 16 of his 28 points. So uh, almost triple-doubled, was two assists off, didn't have any blocks or steals, which has been pretty unlike James Harden this season. He's been really pouring on the blocks and the steals. Coming in at 10-1, not a matchup I absolutely love. I think that there's some other guys I'd rather spend up on. If anywhere, I'd rather go to Kevin Durant at 9-9. I know it's a back-to-back, and that does worry me slightly, but he's playing big minutes, uh, and he continues to play big minutes. We've seen a back-to-back already this season. It was Charlotte and then Washington the following night on October uh, October 24th and 25th. And he played, respectively, 35 and 36 minutes of those games and put up 45 and 50 DK points. So I do really like this matchup for him. You know, Chicago's defense has been playing over their heads a little bit this season. And I'm not saying that in the terms of that they're bad. But I just don't see who they're going to have to really throw a body on Durant. I mean, they, they could probably going to mostly use DeRozan, is what I imagine. But... It's just going to be a tough matchup for DeRozan. I just don't really see it happening. So at 9,900, I prefer him over Harden. Really like Kevin Durant on this slate. Outside of those two heavy hitters, not looking at much. I wouldn't be shocked if we see one of like Aldridge or Blake Griffin sit on this back-to-back. So we're going to have to monitor that news if that's the case. I don't mind looking at the other one. Simply because we already know the Claxton remains out. And then Patty Bills coming in at 3,600. Always a GPP option when he's playing the mid-20s minutes, but... With Patty, you just really need everything to be clicking, and he's, it's going to be everything's going to be determined behind the three-point line. If he shoots four of seven or three of six, or you know, forty to fifty percent from deep, he'll get you there at thirty-six hundred. Otherwise, you might get left holding the bag, but it's usually not by too much. You know, probably still finish around that fifteen, sixteen, seventeen DK point range. On to the Chicago side of things. A lot of options we could look at. These guys are finally starting to come down to. A very comparable price tag. Zach Levine coming at 8,600. They're going to need a scoring punch here. Not one guy that I'm overly looking at. If anything, uh, I'd probably rather go to Vucevic. I know he's been playing terrible, but it's a center going against Brooklyn, and that's something I love to target. The rebounds have been there. The usage has not been. And even when the usage has been in a few games where he's taken 16 shot attempts against Philly, 19 against Utah, he's shooting sub-30% in those two contests. So, 
I expect this to be a little bit of a get-right game for Vucevic. Probably more of a GPP play because we're not necessarily getting him at a discount. You know, you're really spending up on him, and he hasn't been paying off that price tag at, at all recently. So don't mind staring at him, though. I think he's a nice contrarian GPP option. Outside of him, though, DeRozan has been playing fantastic at 8,200. We can continue to roll him out there. He's pretty much paying off that salary on a nightly basis so far. Don't mind looking at him. And then I think this could be a pretty rock-solid Lonzo ball game. It's just 6,800. We're getting a decreased price tag. He's pretty much been 7-plus K all season long outside of the first few games. Finally getting back to that salary like he was in the first few games. And we know that he can triple-double on any given night. So GPP is probably less cash game for him. And I don't think this is necessarily the Alex Caruso game. If you want, I won't fault you. Back-to-back 30-plus point, 30-minute uh, games. I mean, not 30 points. 30 points. We've been playing them at 4,200 every day. Uh, 30 minute games and back to back games. So 4,200. I just know that there's a few other value plays I'll be looking at later on that I just feel a little like have a little bit more upside than Caruso. On to the next game 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Minnesota traveling to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies. This game is being considered a pick 'em as, as as of now, but keep an eye on that. It might change. No no, uh, no game total, though, as of right now, either. We do have the injury report for both teams. Dylan Brooks continues to be out, as well as Killian Tilly. Zaire Williams is questionable, their first-round pick. And for the Timberwolves, big news is D'Angelo Russell, who's missed the past few games. He is being considered questionable. We'll start off with Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns coming in at 10-3. I'll probably take a pass on Towns in this matchup. Just a, it's a little, little overpriced. I want to say crazy overpriced. I prefer him at ten or that high nine range, like that nine eight range. And going against Steven Adams is something I usually like to target. But Anthony Edwards coming in at eight K flat, I think, is fantastic. This dude has been killing it all season and paying off that price tag pretty much on a routine basis. A few games, you know, had sub thirty, but we've seen the usage just funnel through him. Three out of the past four games, he's taken at least 24 shot attempts. Or 21, I'm sorry. And just knocking down three-pointers. So, if you're going to tell me that this guy's 8K, D'Angelo Russell's out, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with it. And he's taken 10-plus three-pointers, having a high usage, not getting as much as the ancillary stats, but we've seen those high-rebounding games, just not over the past two. And then the steals and blocks, those come for him pretty much every game. Not as much as the blocks, but steals are there for him every single game. So Anthony Edwards very much in play. And then, again, if Russell's out, Beverly, Beasley, those are the two guys that get the biggest bump. Beverly will likely draw the start while Beasley comes off the bench. Beverly coming off of a rough game. But you imagine that he'd probably see substantial minutes if there's no D'Angelo. It's because they're going against a guy like John Morant. They're going to want Beverly to get under his skin and use him for his defensive ability. So wouldn't mind looking at him. But at 4,300, we're not getting that great discount. And then Beasley at 46. It's still a very comfortable price tag. You know, we're really looking for like 24 DK points at that price range. 30 was GPPs is what we really want. And he can easily get that for us in this matchup. So I'm not, not that lock-in, kind of got-to-play-him type guy in eight-game slate, but I could definitely see myself having some shares. And then I'll continue to avoid that power forward position. Wouldn't be shocked if McDaniels uh, – or not McDaniels, I'm sorry. If Vanderbilt draws the start, just because it's that big matchup going against Jaron Jackson Jr. with Steven Adams in the front court as well. If he does draw the start, I'll feel a little bit better about him. Probably have that news. 
They're usually pretty good with giving us their starting lineup pretty early. Uh, if he doesn't draw the start, though, I'll probably just stay away from the power forward position in general. On to the Memphis side of things. John Morant, 9,100. I've been avoiding him pretty much all season long. Just think that his price tag has been a little elevated. The 91 is the cheapest it's been in the past, I would say, since opening night. So I could consider him at 91. It's a fair matchup. Expect this one to be a little higher scoring. Just not overly excited about paying 9100 for John Morant. I've just been taking his good games off the chip. Melton, 51. Lightning in a bottle, but the minutes have been a little bit up and down for him. 20 minutes in that last game. It was a blowout. I get that. We haven't seen one of those 30-plus point games over the past three games. Not since they played Miami, where he went pretty much bonkers and put up 38.25 DK points with 20 actual points. I do like this matchup a little bit just because he could take advantage of McDaniels if that's if he's playing a little bit of the two and sliding over to the three and swapping back and forth with Bain. But he's nothing more than a GPP play. If anything, I'll be looking at Steven Adams at 4,500. Up and down minutes again. Only played 20 in the blowout against Washington where they got cooked. But we've seen it time and time again. When they play good centers, uh, he plays 30-plus. And I imagine that he's going to see 30-plus going against Carl Anthony Towns. So 4,500. Don't expect the world, but if everything's clicking, if he gets a couple of those putbacks, 10-plus rebound game, all of a sudden you're looking at 30 points from a guy that's 4,500, which I can get down with, Steven Adams. It's probably all I'm going to be looking at. Again, Mel- uh, Bain falls right in that Melton range for me where, sure, you could play him. 4,700, it's a fine value. Very safe, comfortable floor, but just don't see this being one of those 33 or 35 DK point games from him. Not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. But we have some very good value that we could probably get a very similar floor from that's a little bit cheaper than him as well. Coming up in later games. On to the 8.30 game. That's Eastern Standard Time. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Dallas. Taking on the Mavericks, which I got to plug it. Shout out to my girlfriend. Absolute darling. Love of my life. Surprise me. It was our nine-year anniversary. She surprised me with uh, Mavs tickets. It was the first Mavericks game I got to go to since I've been down here in Texas. And it did not disappoint. It was against the Celtics where Luka hit that buzzer beater. I got to watch that live in person. And the stadium absolutely erupted. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime moment for me. And it's all due to her. So I got to give credit where it's due. I owe her big time. She's an absolute gem for that. And... Fantastic game where it's back and forth. And <laughs> listen, uh, I, if you've never seen Luca live and he comes to your city, I highly recommend it. it. It's it's nothing like you've ever seen before. Just watching a dude like him have fun playing the game of basketball, but also just playing it at such an elite level. And you get to see in person just, I mean, you watch it on TV, how he draws double teams and just kind of manages his way around it. But that step back that he hit, three-point shot, game winner, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. But back to what we're actually supposed to be talking about, which is DFS here. Mavericks, Maxi Kleber continues to be out. Chris Stapp's not in the injury report, so it looks like he made it out of that game safe and sound. For the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, both questionable, and Zion continues to be out. No game total, no spread for this one just yet, so we're going to have to monitor that, see what happens. Probably waiting on that Brandon Ingram news. I doubt Herb Jones is really holding on the Vegas guy is back from this, but Jonas coming in at 85, 
It's an expensive price tag for Jonas. Was he's been priced at for about the past like three or four sites now. Only paid that off once. We know the upside's there. Dallas really does struggle against opposing bigs. So I don't think I'll end up paying for him just because we have a lot of other options. It just wouldn't shock me if this is a big game for him. I know that, you know, watching Dallas for several years now, I'd say for the past two, two and a half years, they just bleed points to centers. They just don't have a body down there. Dwight Powell plays okay defense, don't get me wrong, but he tends to find himself in foul trouble going against guys like this. Not having anybody to back him up like Kleber is going to be a problem. They don't like to play Chris Stapps at that five just because he tends to get banged up, especially knowing he's coming off of back soreness and an injury. So this could be a Jonas game. Wouldn't shock me. It's just at 8,500, you're paying for it. You're really paying for it. And if he doesn't hit it, it's going to crush your lineups. Outside of him, though, Josh Hart is probably the other guy I'm looking at at 5K. If there's no Ingram, he'll continue to play big minutes. You can see this being one of those bigger rebounding games for him. We have we saw him uh, grab at least eight boards in three out of the last four games, nine and two out of the last three. And when he does, he's looking at a comfortable 30 DK points. When the rebounds are up there, never scoring you 20 or 25 points, really. Usually right around that you know 9 to 18 range and 18 on the high end, which we don't see too often. But he's capable of doing it in the rebounding department, getting a steal or two here and there. So I, I definitely have some interest on Josh Hart at 5K. Kind of falls in that Desmond Bain range, but I think Hart's upside is a little bit higher. Probably all I'm looking at. Wouldn't mind taking a stab at a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker with his price tag all the way down to 5'9 now. A guy that he's been struggling, but 5'9 feels a little too cheap. I feel like, uh, you know, that 62 is where he should be with the volume he would get. But I'd want to see Ingram out if I'm paying 5'9", just knowing that he's going to get that extra volume and extra shot attempts. I think that's a great price tag for him. On to the Dallas side of things. Luka Doncic, Luka Magic coming in at 10-7. Back-to-back 53-point DK games. Don't mind staring at him. It's just Luka Doncic is a triple-double threat every single night. Should be a higher-paced game going against the Pelicans. I don't really know who's playing defense on him. Uh, between Graham, Alexander Walker is not terrible. Hart's okay. But none of these guys are really going to be able to keep up with Luka on a night-to-night basis. So I, I think that this is a fantastic matchup to look at him. I prefer him over a few of these other high-priced guys. I mean, we have some guys. Like I prefer him over Towns. prefer him over Harden. Uh, Durant, that gets a little dicey just because Durant's also $800 or $900. Eight, nine, eight. $100 cheaper. So I think I prefer Durant just maybe a little bit slightly just because of the discount. But I do prefer him over some of these other guys. And then looking at Jokic going against the Heat, we'll get to him in a little while. That's a tough matchup to go against the Heat. And Bam, I usually try not to target opposing centers going against Bam. But Jokic is Jokic, and he's kind of matchup proof at this point. So especially knowing that there's going to be that injury that we're getting to. So it gets dicey when we're talking about him. Uh, the only other guy that uh, you know I think really comes close to him is probably going to be Westbrook, Jokic, and then and then uh, Durant. Those are probably like my four studs that I'm keeping in my player pool as of now. I'm crossing everybody else out, but that's just me. After I just talked about, I have to slate a little too early. Outside of it, Porzingis coming in at 6,700. Don't mind looking at Porzingis if you're pivoting off of Luca and you don't want to get it. This is too cheap for a Porzingis. He only played 28 minutes, but he came out unscathed. I imagine that. He's right around that 28 to 32 minute range again. I think this is a great matchup for him, especially if there's no Ingram. They're not going to have a body to really keep with him at that power forward position. So definitely like me for some poor Zingas. That's kind of the way my builds have been going is not as much Luka getting another high price stud and then pairing him with some poor Zingas. You really want to look at him in your tournaments just because we've seen him be very, very volatile in the games that he has played this season where he's either putting you up, you know, 35 plus or he's getting you 
20 or less because he's struggling with the shots so, so badly. But the one thing that we want to see is the shot attempts continue to be there for him. He has had a game that he's played where he's taken less than 10 and upwards of 20 on the high points. But usually floating around that 14 shot attempt range, which we'll comfortably take on a night-to-night basis at 6,700, knowing that he can get you some blocks, he can get you some boards as well, and comfortably get us a return on our salary at 6,700. Nobody else for me. That's it. Just going to be the two heavy hitters. On to the next one. Now we can talk about Jokic. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Miami traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets. So injury news, big news, is Michael Porter Jr. He's out, lower back pain. Probably still just playing off that missed Duncan layup that he had where he was kind of embarrassed. But, you know, maybe he did hurt himself. And that's why he wasn't able to finish the game. Or maybe he just is really milking this one. But the one thing we don't want to see is back pain or lower back pain with uh, Michael Porter Jr., a guy that had a lot of red flags for his back coming out of the draft and the reason that he even fell to where he did. So this could be something precautionary or it could be something that's going to plague him for a little while. So maybe it's something that got flared up and that's why he's been you know struggling all season long. We really don't know. Nonetheless, he's off this slate. We don't need to worry about it. But Monte Morris is probable. Jamal Murray continues to be out for the Heat. Marcus Garrett in the G League. Victor Oladipo continues to be out, and Max Struess is questionable. He's missed the past few games. So we'll start off with Miami in this game. So uh, Jimmy Butler coming in at 9-3. Jimmy's been Jimmy all season long, just not paying 9-3 for him on this slate. I'll take a pass. Bam at 81. I think there's a few other centers I'd rather play. The assists were there in that last game, but on a normal night-to-night basis, they haven't been there. We haven't been getting the defensive stats that we want to see. We really just need a 20-plus scoring game from him with, like, 12-plus rebounds from the payoff to salary. Not, when you're not doing anything else, I don't want to bank on that on a night-to-night basis. I'm not saying he can't get you there. I just think there's better and more comfortable options that I would rather play. So I don't have some shares of him. I don't think I will. Kyle Lowry at 7-9, coming off of a massive triple-double where he put up almost 60 DK points. Outside of that, though, he only paid off this salary once all season long. So I'll probably take a pass on Kyle Lowry, although it is a pretty solid matchup. Keep in mind, a lot of traveling happening for this Miami team going all the way to Denver, playing in that altitude. Not something I want to target, especially when they generally play at a slower pace. So I think I'm all set with most of this Miami team in general. Just my thoughts. Only has a 208 and a half game total as of right now, and Denver's favored by one. Forgot to mention that. On to the Denver side of things, though. There's going to be some things to like here. And Jokic coming in at 11K. He's absolutely worth it. I normally don't, like I said, I normally don't target centers going against Bam, but this is a different scenario. No Michael Porter Jr. Should see a fair amount of minutes uh, like he always does, but the usage only goes up with no Michael Porter Jr. Just less shot attempts. I mean, he's a stud. He's matchup proof. The usage, he's getting about, with Michael Porter off the floor, he's getting about 8.2% usage rate increase. Small sample size this season. Very, very small sample size. We were talking about a usage rate as massive that he's going to have of like 38.9. Sign me up. I imagine it's, like I said, small sample size. That's about a 65-minute sample size that he played with Porter Jr. off the floor. But in those minutes, he's also averaging 2.3 DK points per minute. Now, he's not going to go out there and score 90 or 80 like that's predicting. But I could easily see 60 in this 55 plus comfortably. So I do have a lot of interest in him, no doubt about it. But the ancillary pieces are probably what a lot of people are wondering. And that can go so many different ways. So we saw that 
uh, our guy PJ Dozier started the second half over Michael Porter or for Michael Porter Jr. He's only 3,300. He gets a big minutes bump. He played 23 in that last one. Wouldn't it shock me if we see Bones Highland play a few more minutes because what they're probably going to do for a couple of the minutes in the run is just slide our guy Will Barton over to the three, and then they could even start Bones alongside Amante if they want or play Bones alongside Amante. I don't think he'll necessarily start. I think it'll be Dozier that draws the start, but it wouldn't shock me. I think both these guys at their price tag, Bones, Stone, minimum 3K, and then Dozier, 3,300, make a whole lot of sense. Will Barton and Aaron Gordon are both just going to get a nice usage bump. Barton had a great game in that last one, took 19 shot attempts. Now we're talking uh, an average of 20 shot attempts over the last two games. Not the greatest matchup for him necessarily in a slowed down pace, but at 5,500, very much in play. And same thing with Aaron Gordon. At 4,900, he's very much in play. Gets a tough matchup against against the, the front court of P.J. Tucker and Bam. But these two guys should easily see a little uptick. I think I prefer Barton over Gordon. Gordon will probably be lower owned. And then if you don't want to spend up on those two guys and you really just want to go with the value, it's P.J. Dozier slightly ahead of Bones Highland. Bones Highland makes for a better tournament play. But I think P.J. will be in play for both cash and GPPs. 3,300. All right. On to the sixth game. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. 223 game total. Golden State favored by two. Second half of a back-to-back for Golden State. So we're not going to have the injury report for them, but we do have it for the Hawks. John Collins is probable. Onyeka Okungu continues to be out. Everybody else in the G League that you'll see on the injury report, so we don't need to worry about them. Looking at this Hawks team, Trey Young coming in at 9,600. This could be a stackable game. And that's probably the only way I'm going to have great exposure to a lot of these guys is if I'm game stacking it because it makes sense if it's a back-and-forth shootout close game. Trey Young's probably going to have a lot to do with it. We'll probably see John Collins having a pretty big game himself at 7K, very comfortable price tag. is a tough one because he could either absolutely smash in this matchup or they'll go small and he can have his minutes limited. So nothing more than GPPs for Capella. Probably not going to be one of my top options, but a very comfortable price tag at 7100 And he really could dominate this matchup, but I, I have a feeling it goes small and he plays very, very limited, in which case we will see more of guys like Cam Reddish and Kevin Werder, which they would come in the value plays, but nothing comfortable, but not more solid than guys like P.J. Dozier, who we can feel a little bit more comfortable with as far as their minutes are concerned. But they definitely are in my player pool for GPPs. Onto the Golden State side of the ball. Draymond coming in at 7K, Steph at 10.5. Again, you heard me touch on Steph before when I talked about some of these other options I'd rather spend up on, like Jokic, like Doncic, like Durant. Feel more comfortable with all those guys. But it's Steph Curry. It's lightning in a bottle. And again, I think this is a very stackable game. So if that's the way you wanted to look at it and you wanted to get some shares on both sides, uh, I think Steph and Draymond make a ton of sense for that. I think Draymond's probably in play either way just because he's a walking triple-double on any given night, and at 7K, it's a very comfortable price tag. And then Poole's been absolutely hot and has not been shy. Having a big game for himself tonight. Took 15 shot attempts against the Pelicans, 21 against Charlotte. I think it's they're just trying to get him a little bit more involved. And if he's going to keep shooting at a heavy clip at 5,800, we could consider him. It just almost feels like we're chasing at this point. But at that price tag, it's almost worth taking a couple stabs on if you're building multiple lineups. Outside of those guys... Probably not playing anybody else. Maybe Iggy sits because it's a back-to-back, and we get a little bit more of Otto Porter or Damian Lee. That's the case. You can look at them as pivots off of some of this other value that we've already talked about. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Phoenix Suns traveling to Sacramento, 
taking on the Kings. For Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton has already been ruled out. Dario Saric is out. Kings, second half of the back-to-back, so we do not have their injury report for them. As far as a game total and a spread, don't have it. We'll have to wait and see. Expected to be fairly high, just with the Kings on the board. Anytime the Kings play anybody, it's usually a pretty high game total because of the pace. Looking at Phoenix, though, we do have some value here. Getting a little bit priced up, though, it's, but still very, very comfortable. Frank Kaminsky, JaVale McGee, both these guys see extended run. JaVale will draw the start most likely, but Frank Kaminsky will probably outplay him in minutes. Played 29 minutes in that game against Atlanta, put up 32 DK points. Played 28 in the game that eight was out against the Pelicans, put up 35 DK points. So 4,300, he's going to be very chalky. He's going to be highly owned, but it just makes sense. Opposing big men have been crushing the Kings all season long, as well as shooting guards. So those are the two positions I like to attack with. So Frank the Tank and JaVale are very, very much in play. Frank makes sense in cash and in GPP. Probably has, you know, the more comfortable uh, floor. But wouldn't shock me if JaVale in 20 to 23 minutes has himself a pretty nice game in this one as well. I just prefer Frank Kaminsky, like most people probably would. Outside of him, Devin Booker coming in at 9,200. It's an expensive price tag to pay. Back-to-back 50-plus point games for him. He's really starting to get the scoring down. Shooting the ball well over the past two games. It's a shooting guard against the Kings. I just don't think I'll have the 9,200 to go there. So maybe if you're playing a late-game slate or a turbo slate, you want to take a look at him. Sure, why not? Uh, But I just don't see myself spending up at 92 for him, just knowing I'm probably trying to do everything I could to get the extra couple hundred bucks and go to Durant. Only other guy I'm really looking at would be Jay Crowder, who plays well every time that DeAndre Ayton sits, gets a few more rebounds that fall his way. Talking about the two games that DeAndre has missed, he had grabbed eight rebounds and put up 30-plus DK points. So at 4,900, very, very much in play. Prefer him over that Desmond Bain group just ever so slightly. I also like this game a little bit more with the pace. So that's kind of where I'm at. Definitely in play, though. On to the Sacramento side of things. Not a whole lot of love here. Fox is finally coming down to a price tag where you can finally consider him at 8,300. But a bunch of other point guards on this site that I just would rather play and prefer, especially in that next game that we'll get to. Outside of him, though, Davion Mitchell, 4,400, kind of getting priced out of guys where we could really feel comfortable about him. But it's been three straight games where at least 26 DK points. He's getting assists. He's scoring, taking double-digit shot attempts in all those games. Imagine he's probably going to want to draw a fair amount of minutes in this, going against guys like Booker, going against guys like Chris Paul. Anytime there's another guard on the other side of the ball that is a high focus of the offense, Mitchell's going to get significant minutes. So. He's in play, but it's not one of the premier value plays I would uh, gravitate towards. If you land on him, sure. Why not? Outside of those two guys, though, I don't think I'll be going to too, too much over here. I just don't want to target Phoenix over-investing in it. Maybe Holmes coming off of a monster game, but it kind of feels like we're chasing. 7200 getting a big price boost where he's coming off of uh, a 20-20 and 20 game at 6500 So he's getting a $700 salary increase. Going against JaVale and Kaminsky is a plus matchup for him. I just don't think I'll end up on that $7,200 price tag. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go that way, though. Final game of the night, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time game. We have the Charlotte Hornets traveling to L.A., taking on the Lakers. Hornets on second of the back-to-back. No injury report yet. Before the Lakers, Trevor Ariza, Taylor Horton Tucker, LeBron James, Kendrick Nunn all rolled out. Anthony Davis is questionable due to that right thumb sprain. I expect him to play. He started that last game, left after, like I think it was the first quarter, because he had a stomach ache, illness, whatever you want to call it. You know, 
he feels like he's always throughout his career been leaving games due to stomach issues. And I feel like he's one of those guys that might have like IBS or we might find out something down the road or when he retires or later in his career that he's just never brought to the light that he has some sort of stomach issue because he, he tends to leave pretty often because of stomach. So, but I expect him to play in this one. And we'll start off with the Charlotte team. I love this game on both sides of the ball. LaMelo's coming in at 9K. It's a very expensive price tag for him, but I absolutely love him in this matchup. You know, we just talked about a lot of other guards are like that 9-6 or 9K range, and I don't know if I'll find myself there a whole lot, but this game makes sense to stack, and I, I definitely want some shares of LaMelo on tonight, even at 9K. Getting this, I think this is the most expensive salary that he's had all season long. But for the most part, he's paid it off. 50-point games in three of the last four games. Going against the Lakers, plus matchup for him. Magic's going to have some family in the stands. This is going to be one of the first times that his family will be watching him in L.A. So sign me up. I think this could be a narrative-type atmosphere for him where he's going to get his shot attempts. He's going to be performing in front of his family and friends. So LaMelo at 9K, very, very much interested in him. Outside of him, Bridges, 77, getting a little bit of a discount for where he's been over the past three games. And he's coming off of a down game against Sacramento. I get that. It's not a premier matchup going against Anthony Davis. But this guy's been just pouring on 40-plus point games. It feels like all season long. And at 7,700, he's going to stay in my player pool. This, Like I said, this is a very stackable game. I think between this game and that Hawks and Warriors game are going to probably be my two favorite games I'm going to want to stack if I do. And you're probably going to want both these guys because if Lamelo's having a great game and if he ends up having double-digit assists, I would imagine like four to five of those are going to be to Bridges. Outside of them, prefer Rozier over Gordon Hayward ever so slightly, even though Rozier has been having some struggles. Just not a great Gordon Hayward player. I get him wrong more often than I get him right. So that's just me personally. If you're feeling him, go for him. Uh, I just maybe that maybe you should because I'm saying don't play him. Uh, I just never get him right. <laughs> I just don't want to pay the 6900. It's a nice, comfortable price tag, but. I'm playing LaMelo, and I just don't see myself having shares of Hayward. And Rozier makes for a great pivot off of LaMelo. If LaMelo has a bad game, you imagine that Rozier is going to have a good one. It's the way it is. Gets a little bit of a tougher matchup than LaMelo again, so kind of the reason why I would rather go with him. But Avery Bradley, eh, maybe he's not the great defender that he's always been. He's getting up there in his age. On to the Lakers side of the ball. Davis, Westbrook, absolutely play either one of them. I don't care how bad Westbrook played in that last game. He shot 1 of 13, still put up 30 DK points. You know, if this guy shot 6 of 13, we'd be looking at a, what, 50-point game probably? He's a near triple-double every single night. I'm okay with just taking it off the chin when he has these rough games. I don't care. It's just that simple. And the same thing with Davis. The questionable tag would probably scare some people off of him in the ownership. People feel a lot more comfortable just going with Westbrook. Now, you could play both these guys. I could easily see them both paying off the price tag. Hornets have been one of the worst teams against opposing three-point shooters all season long, so that even brings Melo into play, who's pretty comfortable in his role of just sitting back behind that three-point line and taking shots. So I think all three of these guys are very, very much in play, and I don't think I would go towards a guy like Bazemore or Avery Bradley. Just don't see the upside in them. But if there was an upside-type game for him, it would be against a team like Charlotte who can't defend the three-point line. And that's it. That brings us home. That is all eight games. So we'll go to that player tears segment real fast. We'll knock that out. Starting off at the top, the expensive tier. Uh, there's many ways I can go with this. I already touched on it. You know, Doncic, Jokic, Westbrook, Davis, all those guys are very much in play for me. 
Kevin Durant is probably the guy I'm going to lean with, though, at 9-9. I like him in this matchup. I think he's going to be a very contrarian. So we'll call him the GPP play because I think he gets the lower ownership knowing it's a back-to-back for them. He's almost at 10K. It's not the greatest you know, on-paper matchup. I think it makes a lot more sense for him, though, when you're talking about defensive versus position-type matchup. So we'll call him the, the – you know, I always try to give two when I'm up by myself now because normally there's somebody else here with me. So we'll call him the GPP play and then if you're looking for the cash it's gonna be Jokic with no Michael Porter Jr. without a doubt on to the mid-tier play though mid-tier is what we consider 8k or less 5 to 8 is usually that 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 price range for us so two plays between the 5 and 8k price range many of options we could go with here we talked about a few of these guys dealing with injuries and other guys getting the extra minutes but we'll stick with the the Philadelphia Sixers if Shake Milton continues to start, we continue to look at him. Back-to-back games that he drew a start, back-to-back games where he saw 37 DK points. So 5,200, if he gets that start at point guard, caveat there. Make sure he's starting, coming off the bench. I'm not paying that price tag for him. We'll go with him, and then we'll keep it in that Nuggets game. Will Barton at 5,500. I expect high-volume shot attempts for him. Don't love the pace. Don't love the matchup or anything, but if you're going to get a high-volume shot attempt, you're going to play big minutes. Got to consider him. And then for the value, a lot of options we could go for. Two easy ones that we'll say, though. Frank Kaminsky, 4,300. No DeAndre Ayton. Play probably about high 20 minutes. Sign me up. And then P.J. Dozier, 3,300. He'll likely draw the start. So as you can see, I'm going to have some Nuggets exposure in any way, shape, or form. There's many ways you can do it. I don't necessarily recommend playing all three of them. I think you can get away with two of them if you wanted to go with, like, Dozier and, you know, Jokic, sure. Part of me thinks that Dozier is kind of bad chalk. I think a lot of people are going to play him, and it makes a lot of sense to kind of fade him, just knowing that there's going to be usage spread around for a bunch of different positions. But if he's going to play 25 to 30 minutes, sure, I have interest. I think Bones Highland is another very good option, especially coming off the bench, getting that bench usage. I think that makes a little bit more sense. As a GPP play, if you wanted to pivot off of them and go that way, wouldn't fault you. And that's it. So thank you guys for listening. If you have a minute, give us a five-star, thumbs up, rate, review, all that good stuff. I greatly appreciate it. Anywhere you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever. It means a lot to me, guys. I really do appreciate it. Let us know what you think in the comment section, too. You know, anything you think we could do better, if the things that, you know, we've been doing right. We'd like to hear that so we can hit harder on it. And then follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can shoot your messages over there. I'll try to answer them, but we'll find me if it's close to lock and you have a lineup question. I'm in the Discord. Pretty much every single night I'm in there answering questions, throwing out the news information as it breaks, whether a guy's sitting, whether a guy's starting, whatever it might be, kind of giving my advice on you know who my favorite value plays are. I'll even drop things in there like who I'm finding myself having the highest ownership on throughout my lineups. You know, whether it's this guy, this guy, and this guy, I find myself playing them in most of my lineups. I'll give you exactly I'm giving it to. And listen, it's been a good season so far, especially in that Discord. So hop in there, guys. You just need to have that DFS Fantasy Pass over at HoopBall, only $4.99 a month. It is well worth it. We'll be back tomorrow. Santino will be on, crushing the slate, most likely by himself. I don't know, actually, with Sammy. What am I talking about? All right, guys. Take care. Have a good night. Take down some money.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.